Shalom, everyone. I am Rabbi Michael Pont, and this is For the Love of Judaism, Episode 5. Today's topic is vaccines. It's a hot topic in society right now. There's a lot of heat. There's a lot of debate. And so I want to talk about what does Judaism, what does Jewish law specifically have to say about vaccines? Do we have to get vaccinated according to Jewish tradition? To me, the unequivocal answer is yes. It is a mitzvah. It is a commandment to get vaccinated. And here are a couple of reasons why. First, saving a life, or in Hebrew, pikuach nefesh, supersedes almost all of the other commandments in Jewish tradition in what we call the Torah, including keeping the Sabbath, keeping kosher, even observing Yom Kippur, which we talked about in the last couple of episodes. So if Jewish law says that saving a life supersedes almost all of the other commandments in the Torah, so all the more so saving a life supersedes the very small risk in getting vaccinated. So that's the first thing. Pikuach nefesh, saving a life in the Jewish tradition, is paramount. And also in the book of Deuteronomy, we learn the following. For your own sake, therefore, you must be very careful. Our rabbis interpret this to mean that disregarding your physical health violates the Torah. So based on this, there is no question that in my mind, Jewish tradition endorses vaccines. And by the way, I would say about this that we're not just talking about vaccines, we're talking about your general health as well. These statements, saving a life, protect yourself scrupulously. Uh, that's also about obesity. That's about, you know, drinking too much alcohol. Uh, that's about, about having too much stress in your life. Anything that endangers your physical health, I would even add your spiritual health and mental health, you need to cut that back because all that falls under the rubric of saving a life or pikuach nefesh. We believe that God gave us these bodies. It is a gift from God and we are supposed to take care of them. That means getting enough exercise. That means um, getting enough sleep, which is a huge problem in our society. We don't sleep enough. And of course, maintaining your physical health. Today, we're going to talk to Dr. Marnie Rosenthal, who is an infectious disease specialist, and she's going to tell us all about vaccines, and we're going to have a conversation about uh, the Jewish perspective as well. Enjoy. We are here with Dr. Marnie E. Rosenthal, who is an infectious disease specialist in New Brunswick, New Jersey. She's affiliated with multiple hospitals in the area. She received her medical degree from the University of New England College of Osteopathic Medicine. She's been in practice for quite a number of years. Dr. Rosenthal, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Let's get right to it. A number of people who are hesitant or flat out refuse to receive vaccines has grown in the last 10 years or so. Uh, you might know better than I'm just guessing about 10 years or so. And COVID merely exacerbated this issue. In your experience, why do so many people say no to vaccines? So I think there's a history with vaccines uh, where we can't look far enough back and we have sort of a narrow view. 
previously when we've had smallpox epidemics, when we've had measles outbreaks, when we had polio, all those were devastating pandemics and people were basically dying left and right. And once the vaccine came about, these illnesses were either completely treated, treatable, preventable, and fell out of the common parlance. Nobody was seeing families, friends dying from it. We spent very many years in really a relatively disease-controlled state where we had to worry about the flu, we had to worry about childhood vaccines, but we didn't see much of devastating illness. So I think with that, we sort of focus on a day-to-day and not being able to look at a bigger picture and not being able to understand how disease and illness can decimate a population. So we take for granted the health and wellness that is protected by the populations that came before us that are fully vaccinated and the lack of new and emerging diseases such as viruses, bacteria, parasites until now. Uh, So everything seems okay. So we think that we're fine. So why do we need to do this? Why do we need to get a vaccine? Correct. I get it. I get it. So how do you convince people to get vaccinated? And in short, like what's your elevator pitch about getting vaccinated? My elevator pitch is really what I see every day. Um, I've seen, I've been involved in the epidemic since the beginning. I've been in the inpatient hospitalist service on the COVID teams, rounding in the IC, rounding on the floors. I've been seeing people die left and right from what is now a preventable serious illness. So right now I can tell you that everybody, I'm, most everybody I'm seeing in the hospital who are very ill are the unvaccinated. I'm seeing people who have their vaccine still able to contract the disease, but have very mild cases. It's turned in from a devastating fatality to a controllable outpatient illness. Dr. Rosenthal, can you give us a sense and say in in a month during the pandemic, let's talk about the pandemic. How many patients do you see? How many people are you seeing on your rounds? So on our rounds, we uh, had COVID teams. And at the beginning, we only had one COVID team, which would cap to 20, 30, 40. But in the height of the pandemic, we had hundreds of patients in the hospital that were filling all the ICU beds, that were filling the OR beds because all the surgeries were not being scheduled. They were being housed in in the emergency room because there was nowhere to move these patients. It totally was an overwhelming uh, scenario from the medical standpoint. People were unable to be transferred. People uh, did not have the medical equipment they needed because we were running out of vents, which is the breathing tube that is put in when people need uh, help oxygenating. We were running out of dialysis machines because COVID was causing complete kidney failure, uh, and we were running out of staff to take care of these patients, both from the patient care levels, from the nursing levels, and from the physician levels. And the good thing is that right now, because New Jersey has a fair to good vaccine coverage, we're not seeing those overwhelming numbers right now. The overwhelming numbers right now are in populations that don't have good vaccine coverage. 
I think there are a lot of people who hesitate about vaccines uh, because they assume there are risks. I think there's there's a lot of information about out there, probably a lot of misinformation about what the risks are about vaccines. Can you clarify for us whether it's just COVID or vaccines in general? What are the risks when it comes to vaccines? Sure. So there are risks inherent with any medical procedure, with any vaccine, with any uh, treatment such as antibiotics or anything else you're going to you know, take from an exogenous source into your body. Uh, with that said, it's always important to do a risk-benefit analysis. Sorry about that. Risk-benefit analysis uh, to determine what is going to be worse. So usually when vaccines are administered, it's a part of something that the body is going to respond to. Sometimes it can be a live vaccine. Sometimes it could be a piece of a vaccine. It could be a deactivated particle, such as a virus, um, or a piece of the bacteria. In the case of our new COVID vaccines, it's a small segment of the RNA that's called messenger RNA or mRNA, and it's injected into the body in, in a carrier. Usually the carrier is made up of some uh, fats and oils, cholesterol, that allow it not to be degraded by the body before it gets to where it should be going. But the body sees this as foreign and it reacts to it. So similar to when you get your flu shot, you can feel like you have the flu and that's exactly what the vaccine is meant to do. It's meant to produce fevers, aches, uh, the feeling of not feeling well, of having a mild flu-like illness because your body's responding in the exact way it should if it were to see the real thing. And this is actually a good sign, but that is the most common side effect of vaccines. Pain, soreness at the site. Some people can have a little local reaction, uh, red rash around the injection site. Uh, some people, especially with the COVID vaccines, can have fevers, some have chills. I've heard a couple of cases of people who are having diarrhea, which may or may not be related. So certainly the reaction to the vaccine does mimic in part of the disease. The difference is that when you have actual disease, the virus or the bacteria keeps multiplying and there is no end to it. With the vaccines, it's a finite amount of time. And usually within 24, 48 hours, the immune response shuts off and you're back to normal. Very good. What do you think the future holds in terms of infectious diseases? Like the next pandemic, for instance, are we, are we more prepared for it now that we've been through or we're still getting through this COVID pandemic? I think that the COVID pandemic was a very good wake-up call for the population. From an infectious disease standpoint, if you're looking at the international uh, international health and wellness. We've seen Ebola. We've seen MERS or Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. We've seen the first episodes of the SARS, which was, you know, SARS-1. Uh, and those never infiltrated our local area. However, if you were practicing in the Middle East or if you had a travel history or if you had, you know, any epidemiologic link to that area, it was something we had to be concerned about. However, now this has spread far and wide, as everybody is aware. And I think that it is a good wake-up call. Um, and I think that this is 
you're going to continue in waves as we've seen. And there may or may not be the next variant around the corner. Do you want to share some statistics? How many people, uh, say, in the state of New Jersey are, are fully vaccinated, partially vaccinated? Just for our listeners. Sure. So uh, the first thing to understand is we're still seeing a lot of new cases. Now, this new variant is the Delta variant. I think most of the listeners have heard this in the news. Um, and this is because the the virus doesn't have good proofreading ability, so the proteins on the surface keep mutating because there's no correction. So with each of these, the number of cases change, and so does the uh, clinical illness. So right now we have about 1,700 cases that were new, newly confirmed, which brings our total count in New Jersey up to 972,000 cases. Um, of that, there's about there's the current count is at 24,000 confirmed deaths and 2,700 probable deaths. The total vaccine administration right now overall is 11,746,000 and a few hundred. Now, because most of these vaccines, the Pfizer vaccine, the Moderna vaccine are two doses, that does not equal fully vaccinated status. So that's partially vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And that is not going to give you the amount of protection that you need or want, the amount of antibody response. So our fully vaccinated folks in New Jersey are 5.6 million. So we're well on our way to, uh, you know, decent vaccine coverage. But vaccine coverage in terms of what is considered good coverage also depends on the virus itself. So with Delta, because it's more transmissible, it's more infectious, your vaccine coverage needs to be higher to reach herd immunity. Got it. Dr. Rosenthal, tell me, let's let's try to be positive, right? What, in terms of COVID-19, pandemics in general, um, what gives you hope for the future? So, Is there anything? I mean, yeah. give me something. So the here. positive, so the positive sides of the COVID. One is I think that we've actually seen advancements in medical technology at a breathtaking speed. If you look at HIV, if you look at the other disease states and illnesses, it took decades to get to where we are now. We were able to not only develop but test and administer wide ranges of vaccines in a relatively short amount of time. And not only that, the vaccines work. We we are seeing a lot less critically ill patients who are vaccinated. The vaccines work. We need long-term data, of course, but for now they appear well, well tolerated. And we are able to protect a large portion of the population that might not otherwise be able to be protected. So those that can't receive vaccines for numerous reasons. So yes, I also think there was a lot of kindness and compassion from the general population. You know, in the hospital, people were sending food, restaurants were sending supplies when we didn't have it readily available. And there seemed to have been a rallying behind the healthcare force, you know, uh, an understanding that this is really a critical situation and that we need to 
look out for each other and that we need to take care of our community as a whole. Yeah. And in the Jewish tradition, you know, we identify God as being, you know, compassionate to the thousandth generation. I mean, just the ultimate source of compassion. And as Jews, we are commanded uh, to imitate God. And so therefore, I believe that as human beings, we we have we get our source our sense of compassion directly from god we follow god's example to be kind loving the stranger compassionate even to someone we don't know um and as a doctor i mean you have the the mandate to heal um and the word heal doesn't just mean cure from disease it also means healing someone's spirit and compassion is i think a key pillar of that and in judaism as well to heal one person is to heal the world i mean yeah definitely definitely okay dr marnie rosenthal thank you so much I hope you enjoyed and learned something during this episode about vaccines. I want to end with a good question. You know, we Jews, we say a lot of blessings. Blessings evoke a sense of gratitude for the gifts that we have in life. So it's very appropriate to say a blessing or in Hebrew, a bracha after getting a COVID vaccine. After all, we should be grateful for that protection. But the question is, which bracha, which blessing should we say? So I want to suggest two choices. You can choose either one. The first bracha, uh, and this is one that, that people know very well, is called Shehechianu. The Shechianu blessing is said whenever we realize the miracle of the present moment. And the blessing goes like this. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, ruler of the universe, who gives us life, who sustains us, and who brings us to this sacred moment in time. That's a great choice, especially for the Hebrew word Shechianu. We thank God for giving us life. A vaccine to protect us from COVID-19 is literally giving us life and it's protecting us from the dangerous effects, potentially deadly, lethal effects of COVID-19. Or you could try this second bracha. Blessed are you, Lord our God, ruler of the universe, who is good and bestows goodness. Recognizing the good is a Jewish obligation. It is a mitzvah. We are obligated to recognize the goodness in our lives. In Hebrew, this is called hakarat hatov. So this blessing was formulated for such moments when we recognize goodness and getting a life-saving vaccine is definitely a moment of goodness. Everyone, again, this is Rabbi Michael Pont. Thank you so much. We'll see you for the next episode. 